There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, BetMGM, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM Sports has all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds special, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by the strip here in town with your state-issued ID, and when you do, you're going to be ready to bet within minutes. Visit BetMGM.com or simply download the BetMGM app. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Okay, Carl got his picks, NASCAR picks in on the way out. Of course, Daytona 500, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here Mm -hmm. in Vegas. Tomorrow, we're going to try to hunt down Steve Mackinnon for tomorrow because he did a great write-up in Point Spread Weekly. Listen. And and he's got that simulator, whatever the hell that thing is. I don't know if Steve drives the cars on the simulator, but he's got the simulator. I love it that he kind of can predict who's going to win it. Or, you know, kind of give you an idea, which is why I think it's important to buy the betting guide every week because there is ways to make money. As they said, uh, you know, all money is green. You can make some money here. And that simulator, to me, Patrick, have you seen that thing, how he does it? It kind of comes out with a car. It's fascinating. It really is. Point Spread Weekly, he's got a great write-up this week. Make sure you go check it out, vcin.com, about the Daytona 500. Mackinnon goes so deep with statistics, whether it's college football, Mm -hmm. NFL, uh, Daytona 500. He's very well-rounded. The question I have for you is, have Mm -hmm. you ever attended a NASCAR event, Michael Lombardi? No. No, I've never been there. Never been there. Uh, I have watched cars with Dominic and Mikey (laughs) and Leo and uh, so I've watched that race in cars. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Dino's been around to watch it. He didn't sit still long enough. But I have watched cars. I love cars. You know, I love, the, I love that Paul Newman's in cars, one of my favorite actors. And, you know, you got a lot of stuff, kid. So, yeah, but that's the only races I've actually really watched. Speaking of. Have you watched cars? I, have you watched cars? You know. As a 43-year-old single man, I haven't gotten around <laughs> to. <laughs> I haven't gotten really a good movie. I know. I, yeah, I hear it's long I hear ago it's and far away. James Taylor's got a great song in it. I, I could watch it all the time. It's it's outside. I'm sure I'll watch it this weekend. You know what? I might plug it in today. Hey, speaking of Dominic, how is yep. his father settling in here in Las Vegas, the new offensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders? How's he? Settling I think everything's in? going good. I think it's all going to plan. I mean, they're excited uh, uh, to move out there and. You know, they're in the building, the coaching staff now and evaluating the talent and looking for a house, all doing all the things at one time. So, you know, he keeps sending me pictures of the weather out there, how beautiful it is. Like, I don't know that, but I I need to know that while I'm walking into 20 mile an hour winds and wondering what the hell am I doing? So (laughs) it's all good. They're doing great. I think they're excited. I mean, look, I, I think when you look at this Raider team, 
And I said this the minute John Gruden took the job, you know, will John be able to become a really good team builder? I mean, that was the question. And I think the answer to that is a resounding no, which is what I thought was before he took the job. As you look at this team and you say, you know, where are their talent level or the skill players? Obviously, the rug situation really is, is, is tough. But Zay Jones is a free agent. They, he was a really good player for them. That was a great trade Mike and John made. But yep. for the most part, their offensive line, their skill, you know, are you going to extend Josh Jacobs out? Do you want a running back who's kind of beat up going into his fifth season? Hard to do. And then defensively, there's a ton of question marks. I think Pat Graham will have a lot of things to work on uh, in terms of how they're going to change the approach because, you know, with, with Bradley, it was up the field. With Graham, it's not going to be as up the field. It's going to be a little bit more of a controlled rush. So there's a lot of moving parts, but I have a lot of faith in Josh McDaniel. I think Josh will do a really good job of getting Carr to play well and, and kind of complementing the team as they build it. Yeah, they're in a tricky spot. I think it's misleading that they made the postseason this year. They're sitting yeah. on the board at 30-1 to 1 to win a championship. McDaniels, to me, was the higher of the offseason. Obviously, the aforementioned coaching staff that he surrounded himself with is incredible. A new general manager. They've got some work to do. It's, it's a little they smoke do. and mirrors as far as a playoff appearance from the Raiders last year. But, they, but the one thing they have going for them, which, uh, you know, as we talked earlier in the show, a lot of people don't have going for them is they have a quarterback, whatever you think of them. Exactly. And, you know, at least he's got, you know, like and when you put it on paper, he's got a lot of strengths. And he's got a few weaknesses like a lot of people do. And I think the one thing Josh will be able to do is look at his strengths and play to those and understand how to play to that. And not just run plays to run plays, not just run the West Coast because we're West Coast. And I think Josh will be able to do that. And they'll be game plan specific. And they've got, look, they've got a great player in Carr and they've got an unbelievable player in Waller. You know, so those two kind of help you out. They can control with Waller and, and Hunter Renfro. The, they'll attack the middle of the field. Now they've got to be able to expand the outside and take advantage of Carr's greatest strength, which is his ability to throw the ball down the field. You know, it's funny you say that because, first off, what I think is cool about Mick and the crew coming out here is the Raiders really started to build something with the community last season. Obviously, the first year, COVID, so really couldn't get a vibe. But you get so many Raiders fans coming in from L.A., so many coming in from Oakland. There's a good vibe here. I constantly tell you about the stadium, which I love. Um, but it is Derek Carr is so maligned, and we talked about it yesterday. I mean, if I give you the teams that are thirsty for a quarterback right now, the Raiders have a quarterback. They're fine at the position. Yeah, no doubt they do, and that's, that's the advantage. And I think they'll be smart a little bit like what we talked about earlier with Kirk Cousins is extend Carr. You know, don't go five years and pay them all. I mean, let's just say, hey, look, let's see if we can work together over the next 24 months. See how you like the offense. See how we like you in the offense. And then prepare for the future. And I think that's ultimately what they need to do. And the short term is probably the way to go with a lot of these quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, you know, Kirk Cousins, and too, because the future is so uncertain. I think you've got to really take a look at that. Okay, so let's transition to Jacksonville. It's going to be the second year in a row with the number one overall pick. They drafted Lawrence out of Clemson last year. In comes Doug Peterson. Peterson's going to call the plays. He brought Zach Taylor's brother, Press Taylor, along for the ride to help him with the offense and the game plan. 3-14 and 14 overall last year. On the board right now to be the number one overall pick is Aiden Hutchinson as your favorite. But Evan Neal, the monster out of Alabama, my assumption is he's going to go one to Jacksonville. Let's start with Jacksonville. The connection there with the quarterback and coach, do you have a good vibe with Peterson there? 
Well, I, I think a lot of it what Doug's going to have to figure out is what is the right offense for Trevor Lawrence? How can we maximize his skill set? Is It's not the RPO game. You know, what are we going to do around him? Now, I think he was really limited. DJ Chark getting hurt hurt them. Obviously, mm-hmm. he was their outside playmaker. He only had seven catches for the year, you know, uh, and two touchdowns in those seven catches. So we know he can vertically separate. They missed him. You know, Marvin Jones gave him a steady presence, but they don't have any real outside skill players. You know, they're really devoid of still skill, and I think that affects them. And their offensive line is a disaster. I mean, it, it's a disaster. They just ultimately got sacked way too many times. He was sacked 32 times, hit too many times, and it really affected their ability. And then when you look at it, so they've got to fix the line. They've got to design the right scheme. They can run the football. I mean, Robinson can run the ball. You know, I know they'll get ATN back, which seems to me like a, an excessive pick for a team at the top of the second when you need so many other things. But that's what Urban Meyer decided to do. And then defensively, I mean, they gave up 457 points last year, which is ridiculous. And they've got to be able to do that. I mean, just think about this, Patrick. In the first quarter alone, they allowed 119 points and they only scored 48. I mean, you, 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 you can't evaluate Trevor Lawrence at any point when he's behind that much in every single game. I mean, that's ridiculous, you know, and we talk about, and so what's the one thing that makes a quarterback more effective is not playing from behind, not taking the chances. And I think that's ultimately, if you're Doug Peterson, if you're Trent Baalke, that's what you got to fix immediately. You've got to be able to fix that. You got to cut down the interceptions. 17's way too many. You know, he only had 12 touchdown passes, 17 interceptions. And here's the biggest factor that concerns you is he only averaged six yards per attempt. There were no throws down the field. He couldn't get the ball down the field, partly because of the skill. So there's a, this is a work in progress. To me, you know, it's about identifying the offense that fits Lawrence. That's one. Finding more skill and offensive linemen to help Lawrence and then repair the defense. Michael, you got to throw it out. First off, you just hope he didn't somehow get bad habits last year. You mentioned he didn't have oh, talent. He, did. he, oh, he, he, he did. did. I mean, he did. It was horrible. I mean, you watch. I mean, I had people tell me when they watched him in pregame warm-up throw the ball. He never threw the ball the same way twice. Wow. He he needs a complete off-season overhaul. He's in he his got, head. His, yeah. I mean, well, I think partly because he hasn't really been coached. You know, there, there there's a real element of just because you draft a guy doesn't mean he's going to automatically be great. There is player development. I mean, you know, I, I was writing this for the book all through the '50s. The Packers had this these incredible drafts. And the record was 32-74-1 when Lombardi showed up in 59. I mean, they couldn't win a game, and yet they, they ended up drafting 11 Hall of Famers before Lombardi got there. Now, why? Because Lombardi was really good at developing talent. This is what Jacksonville's got to find a way to do is develop the talent on their team. They don't have that much talent. They don't have Hall of Famers waiting for Peterson to take over. But the one guy that they have to develop, and they didn't do it last year, which was an atrocity, is Lawrence. And his mechanics are poor. His fundamentals are bad. They've got to really spend a lot of time on this. And they've got to make it the number one agenda in the offseason. And if they don't, this will just continue to linger as something that won't work. And speaking of which, what Jacksonville does with that number one overall pick is going to be contingent my assumption would be on what they do with Cam Robinson, who was the starting left tackle right. last year. He's going to be a free agent. If they resign Cam Robinson, maybe they go Hutchinson. But if they let him walk, they're going to draft Neal. 
they have to draft Neal because it's going to be too expensive to, to re-sign Rob. I mean, first of all, you need an upgrade over Robinson, so why would you sign him? Here's what you don't want to do in free agency. You don't want to sign a player at a position and need, to, and need to still help with the position. That's like the first rule of free agency. You don't want to sign a left tackle and not be very good at left tackle because you're just wasting money. We talk about the cap. That's one of the things. If I gave Robinson $14 million a year or $12 million a year, I'm, I could have given that to a skill player and I could draft this. You got to marry the two things together. Like, get a skill player, get the left tackle, start all over. Robinson's too expensive. The draft pick's not going to be. It's going to be expensive, but not like Robinson. Busted mechanics. That's a scary omen for Lawrence, Michael. Yep. That is. Yeah, no doubt. It, and, that, and, it's, and, it's a, and, and it's obvious. It's obvious in terms of how he threw the ball in pregame warmup, which was scary, and how he threw it in the game. That's, that's the start of a downfall for a quarterback when those mechanics start to bust. All right, we continue quarterback talk here. Lombardi line on a Saturday. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Express Bet First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. You get 10 bucks instantly when you sign up using the bonus code Vegas1000. Visit slash horses for details. That's vsin.com slash horses. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. You know, it's fascinating. I was just telling Stephen Bond during the break, a new general manager there in Minnesota, a new head coach, that information yeah. we gave that you gave a few segments back, they should have to pay for it. I mean, we're getting no. in the mind of somebody that ran a front office. It's just, there's been so much turnover in the NFL this year. It's just, it's going to be fascinating to track. Well, I think you got to have a two-year plan. You know, when I, when I went to New England, I, I, I was kind of like, you know, Coach Belichick and I kind of got together again, and, and it really is always about what is your two-year plan? Like, you've, you've got to be able to ask yourself, if we do this, what's the uh, cause and effect, and how does it affect your team two years from now? And you've got to lay it out because of the salary cap. You know, every move he, the Patriots made last offseason when they spent all that money, it was all with regard to where are we going to be in 2022? 
It wasn't about 2021. It was about 2022. How, how is this all going to fit together? Knowing that they were going to do some things to create cap room and move forward. So I think that's got to be your plan, especially when you take over. I think one of the things Matt Rule, the mistake Matt Rule made going into Carolina, now he's in year three and there's all this pressure on him to win, is you don't address the quarterback situation immediately. Yeah. You know, or you don't have a plan for it immediately. And you buy yourself some time when you do that, you know. And then if you pick the wrong guy like Matt Nagy inherited when he went to Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky, and then all of a sudden, you know, now you're you're paying your career is basically wrapped around this player who's not good enough. And if you don't have the guts to admit it then, which go back and read all the comments about Trubisky when he first started playing. I mean, you know, I was told I couldn't go to Chicago. Yeah, I had to do a speech in Chicago and, you know, because I was ripping on Trubisky. And like, don't you, you don't want to show up here, though. They might lynch you. I mean, they're going to lynch me now? I mean, you know, like to me, it's the problem you make in most sports teams is misevaluating your own team. They and, and traded that's up to what get him. You can't do. They traded yeah, up ridiculous. to get him. He threw 12 passes in college. <laughs> he yeah. literally played 11 games. Uh, yeah, he couldn't beat out couldn't beat out a guy at North Carolina in three years there. That's probably I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's a lawyer he's not in playing downtown football. Charlotte. He's not playing football, right? You know, so he couldn't beat him out. So, but I, I think more than anything is you've got to be honest with yourself. And you know, the NFL doesn't want honesty. That's why we have the broadcast that tell everybody's a great player. Nobody's honest. That's why we miss Howard Cosell. That's why we miss people that at least say something on the television and say, hey, this guy, you know, Jalen Ramsey didn't play good in this game. You know, Joe Burrow wasn't playing good in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the fact. That's why when we talk gambling, we have to call it the big game. We can't talk about gambling with the Super Bowl. They don't want honesty. Yeah, I mean, like, you you got to be honest with yourself and say, look, this guy didn't play good. You know, there's a perception, then there's a reality. I mean, Joe Burrow watches the same tape I watched. He He's sitting there this offseason. Trust me, he's like, I know I didn't play good. I know I missed too many throws. I had guys open. I didn't make throws. If I, if I play better, we might win. Zach Taylor's got to be thinking the same thing. Like, if I would have made two or three situational differences in, in decision-making. Like, I've said all along, I mean, Parcells, when he lost 21 to nothing, and he's on the team playing coming back, and he's talking to his, his high school coach, Mickey Corcoran. And he's like, and Mickey's like, you know, Bill, you missed four or five things in that game you could have done to help your team. Every coach has to go through that matronation. Like, what could I have done differently during the game that would have helped the game? We don't ever talk about that. I'd like to formally welcome Zach Taylor on the Lombardi line. You can join us. We'll interview you, and we can talk about that offensive line. <laughs> Let's transition. But we could also talk about is the, he came out and said, the running back coach asked me if I wanted to put Mixon on the field for the third down run. And I said, no, we'll just go with Perrine. Like, no, no. You know, like when you got that ball back in the two-minute, right? You get the ball back in the two-minute, and you know you need a field goal, and you know you have Evan McPherson who can make it from 55 yards. Right, you you sit there and you grab the offensive staff and say, "Look, I want all our best players on the field, and talk to the offense. I want every we're here are the seven plays we're going to run. We got to come through. That's what you do. That's what you should do. That's what they would do in basketball. They have that huddle, you know, and the guy comes out and he draws a couple things and they go out. You're not going to go down the tubes with Sammy Perrine. Come on. <laughs> P. Ryan was not the answer in that spot, and I think he at least took culpability for it, which is good. Now yeah, he did. Okay, and he should. 
and he should. We transition. Let's see. Stephen Bond, who would you bet on to win the NBA championship this year? Michael, I'm going to throw it up. Remember, when we throw up these numbers, and understand it's the all-star break, we're three-quarters of the way through the NBA season. Yeah, I know. And why? Because of what we just discussed. They wanted to clear the NFL season. The NFL season extended longer this year, so the NBA kept pushing that back so they could have their own weekend, and they find themselves. I mean, the Lakers got 24 games left. So who would you bet on to win a championship this year? Uh, the Warriors sitting on the board, co-betting favorites with the Suns at four and a half to one. The Nets still short at five and a half to one. That's fascinating. And the Bucks, the champs, five and a half to one as well. Michael, who you got? I'm going to take the Suns here. I, I, I like the Suns. I like their whole temperament. I like their willingness to compete. I'm concerned, which always seems to happen with Chris Paul, that he gets hurt in the playoffs when it matters the most. But I, I think they're playing well. They're continuing to play well, and I think that they've got their eye on the target. I don't think they've lost the target at all. And so for me, I think that they are at four, to, at four and a half to one. I think you've got to take a strong look at them. I mean, they weathered all the storms. They've been through it before. Monty Williams has done a good job of coaching this team. They've added nice pieces to the team. And, you know, they've only lost 10 games, Patrick. I mean, the, you know, as we talk about the Warriors, and certainly there's a great effect on them, because of Steph Curry and all the things that they've been able to do. But the Warriors have moments where they don't play well. They've lost, you know, and they're six and four over the last 10 games. But the Suns, you know, the Suns are getting stronger and stronger as they go. They're 22 and five on the road. Michael, they. 22 and five and, on the road. And for, and for betters in, in clutch spots, late game, they're, they're just tremendous. Here's what it is. Remember, they were up 2 nothing in that series in the finals and lost the next four. There's no hangover. They're super motivated, and they do everything offensively, defensively. You can pour through the metrics. They're elite. And that two-way game on offense with Paul and Booker is ridiculous right now. No, I, I think, you know, Booker's ridiculous to begin with. I mean, you know, and so – and then if Paul stays healthy, I mean, there's no denying it. And, you know, they've got really nice pieces that they've added to the team. You know, and, and I think that when you when you break them down, I mean, I'm still sick over the Mikel Bridges. I mean, there we are. We picked Mikel Bridges, Bridges for the 76ers. He's exactly what the team needs. And, of course, we trade him for Zaire Smith and get that chip that we said was the most important thing in the process. You know, at some point, somebody's going to add up the process and figure it out. You know, it, it may take the Warren Commission again, but at some point, somebody's going to have to do it. But I, I just think they're too good of a team, and they play with a sense of urgency in their game, which I think they have oh, to do. Totally. I, you know, I, you nailed it. The, the urgency's there, and it's been there from the tip of the season. There's no management as far as time, nothing. They've been nonstop. I mean, like you mentioned, they've been great on the road. They're great in clutch spots. They've lost 10 games with three, quarter, three quarters of the way through. They've been re remarkable. You know, and I mean, look, the, when you when you think about it, I mean, you know, I know that uh, Aiton is the, you know, he's the guy that they, they go to, the big guy down there, although he's only played in 37 games so far this year. But I mean, McGee's d done a nice job for him. He leads their team in rebounds. I mean, McGee's averaged seven rebounds a night in, in a kind of a backup role. He only started 15, 14 games for him so far this year. So, and he only plays 16 minutes. And he's averaging, and he leads the team in rebounding. That just tells you kind of where they are and, and how, they, how they are at coming together as a team. Yeah. And, look, I, I just think to me past performance predicts future achievement. And I think the way they've treated this, this post, the, the regular season, unlike a lot of teams, 
I don't think they need to turn it up a gear. I think they're already turned I up. I totally agree. Uh, they are super motivated to avenge that finals loss. By the way, before the season tipped, the Suns were 16 to 1 to win the championship. They're now sitting on the board at 4 to 1. That number got short quick when you see the motivation. A couple others, the Warriors open 10 to 1. They're now 3 and a quarter at a couple books. We got them 4 and a half to 1 to win the championship. Those are your betting favorites. The Bucks open 8 to 1. They're down to 6 to 1. How about you go to the East? The East from top to bottom is so yeah. deep. I mean, there's teams that we don't even mention. Cleveland, Chicago right. has been tremendous. Uh, the Eastern Conference right now to come out of the East, the Nets are two, 275 plus 275 on the Bucks, and the 76ers are 3-1. to one. Those are your three favorites to come out of the East, Michael. And, and we don't even talk about Boston. And Boston, you know, Boston's nine and one over They're the last ten the games. I mean, they, they are they finding the rhythm. They found their rhythm. They they lost a bad loss to the Pistons after they humiliated the 76ers. They're the sixth seed, and they're only four and a half games out of first place. Yep. I mean, the next 25 games in the NBA are going to be fascinating in terms of the East. You're going to have to ramp it up and, and see what's going on. I don't know how Milwaukee's going to be able to really play and defend in the postseason, especially when it becomes a half-court game and you've got a guy like Embiid or, you know, these big guys that play down in the block. It, they I miss think Lopez. It's be hard for them. They, they miss do. Lopez. They miss, that's my point. They miss, and Lopez was a good player, you know. And so, you know, I, I just think to me – but I, I think Boston's being undervalued. I really do. You know, they're coming on, they're playing well, and, you know, they're only four and a half out of first place. It isn't like they're sitting there and they're on the cusp. They're not like the Lakers. They're not quite going to make it. And at the end of the day, it's all going to come back down to how well you play defense, how well you play in a half-court set, and can you generate your offense from there. And, and everybody likes the Nets because of, of Durant. I mean, that's, that's why you love the Nets. The ideal pickup at the trade deadline – Derek White for the Celtics, instant offense for him, and I agree. I think the Celtics are, are starting to find a rhythm. Uh, speaking of which, the Lakers are sitting on the board right now, 30 to one to win a championship. Open the year three and a half to one. Thomas Gable That's next. a St. Jude's. That's a St. Jude's pick. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, so this deal can only be described as madness. VEASAN.com slash madness. So now through April 4th, 2022, you're going to get everything we offer. College Hoops betting guide, daily best bets, 24-7 video access, betting split breakdowns on every single game for 29 bucks. Bill AD, you crazy. All right? It only happens once a year, so don't miss out. It's VEASAN.com slash madness for more information. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey he got kicked out of the Borgata as we had to No, I'm just playing. I'm having fun. We head to the Borgata and we say hi to our buddy TGZ, Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. Hi, Thomas. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Yeah, Michael did not get kicked out. He's welcome back anytime. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. You hold down the fort there. We got all our guys in order over there. The window getting booked up there. there uh, Thomas. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, all our friends are here today. Good. I'm sure our, one, of, our, one of our main friends, I'm sure he's dabbling into the big college basketball. I'm sure he's got you. Does uh, uh -oh. he still have you on the ropes a little bit? Yeah, he's uh, he's been doing well in college basketball. Like, you know, Obviously now with the NBA uh, All-Star weekend, um, some guys are taking the weekend off. But, uh, you know, it's uh, 
it's still a big, big slate of college basketball today. Speaking of which, Michael and I discussed this yesterday. I want to run this by you, Thomas Gable. Uh, the Big East, it's an 11-team league, and here are the teams I've got in the tournament right now. Villanova, Providence, UConn, Marquette, Xavier, Seton Hall, and Creighton. I left off one team in particular. That's Georgetown. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> Think about how competitive that league is, and your team just can't get over the hump. No, listen, it's uh, – and certainly the, the latest I'm hearing is – uh, the wheels are in motion. Uh, they're they're not going to fire Patrick Ewing. They're not going to fire him. No. But the wheels are in motion for him to uh, step away at the end of this season. And uh, you know it's it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here because that that shadow of John Thompson still hangs over the program and uh, has never left from when Coach Thompson retired. It's it's always been kind of in that family tree uh, from Coach Thompson. And uh, I, I think now. Since he's uh, he's passed, it's it's time uh, this program moves on from that. Yeah, the, the the remember when programs, particularly in college basketball, are always the most dangerous. And you know if this if this does happen, and Louisville's open and Georgetown's open, those are two blue blood. Typically, uh, now Georgetown hasn't been that way in a while, but I mean two blue blood basketball programs that are used to winning, and their and their and their fans are used to winning. So, to me, that, that'll be an interesting hire. What they do moving forward, if they actually look outside the box. But my question to you, TG, is uh, you watch this league religiously. You're really well-tuned into college hoops. Who do you think is the best team in the Big East? Is it Villanova? Is it Providence? Or do you have a sleeper? Um, I, I really like Providence this year. I, they've uh, just played tremendous so far this season. Uh, Villanova worries me, uh, especially as as the season wears on. Um you know Jay Wright, I think needs to get more more kids involved. Uh, he he plays a pretty lean uh, rotation, so I would say right now for me, Providence. Wow. Yeah, I, I would I would totally, I would agree. And by the way, as far as the remember when, remember JT two, his son also he 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 was dancing with Georgetown a little bit. So they've got to st- get away from that shadow, the Ewing shadow, and move on. Not to belabor it. Now Alabama, Kentucky. Let's start there, shall we? What's your number there at Kentucky? This is a team that beat Bama two weeks ago in Bama, 66 to 55. Yeah, so right now Kentucky laying six and a half. The total has moved up here to 155 and a half. Uh, not a surprise there. The two very good offenses doing battle today. And as you mentioned, that first uh, time these two teams met, Kentucky won 66 55 in a lower scoring game. Uh, the difference between these two programs, though, is, the de- is defense, and Alabama is towards the bottom defensively. I don't think Alabama will be able to stay with Kentucky in a lower-scoring game. They're going to have to push the pace, especially on the road here. And uh, the, the issue here for Kentucky is who's going to be playing. Uh, Ty Ty Washington could be out. You know, John Calipari said he regretted playing him against Tennessee when he tweaked the leg injury. And there really is no reason to play him here today as you absolutely want him healthy for the NCAA tournament. Cal Perry said Kentucky may actually be down two to three players for today's game, which means keep an eye on the availability of Wheeler and Toppin there as well. So certainly the spread reflects the uncertainty of which players will be available as Kentucky, I think, really should be closer to a double-digit favorite at home if they were at full strength here, but we don't expect them to be at full strength. 
Yeah, what it sounds like Wheeler could be in Washington, that you know, they lose their point guard, which is critical. And, and I think that if he does do that, he's obviously thinking long-term, not short-term in this game. Yep, 100%. Texas Tech, Texas. So Beard doesn't want to get swept by his old school. What are you sitting on as far as the number at Texas? Yeah, so Texas Tech, Texas, this is um... – this is a game that's going to be a doozy here today. Um, this will be a fun one, I think, to uh, to be in the stands yeah. for, for sure. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, <clears throat> Texas is a team that I think is going to give some problems uh, to teams in the tournament. Um, they're, they're a team that we know they love to slow down the pace and, uh, you know, just really uh, ratchet down defensively, and they're going to be. That's a team that I think could potentially be a, a sleeper there uh, moving forward. Um, I, I do like them here today, but um, you know they're they're a team that I would certainly uh, keep an eye out for in the future. Uh, they're laying three and a half here at home against against Tech. Uh, low total though, one twenty eight and a half, which is to be expected with these two programs. <laughs> Two, you Mike. See, do you see? Do you see Texas Tech, Thomas, being a a a, a, a legitimate Final Four team this year? It, it's so it's so tough to say who is going to be a legitimate Final Four team because, listen, right now I have Texas Tech twenty five to one to win it all. Um, this this year, the, it's going to really really come down to brackets and because there's so many minefields that are going to be out there for. Yeah. Good teams. There's so many good teams. I know. And so many good conferences. So uh, to say Texas Tech has a great shot at Final Four, no, I can't say that. But uh, they're going to be in the mix. But I, I don't necessarily see them going to the Final Four. There's just there's too many roadblocks uh, for too many good teams this year. Let's give them what they want. Des Moines special. We dig deep. You got two today. We're going to start Cal Baptist at Seattle. Seattle lands. <laughs> Michael's laughing. Seattle lands six. Thomas, what do you got? Yeah, so Seattle comes in here with an 11-2 and record in the Western Athletic Conference, 20-6 record overall. And this is a team that's really performed well for uh, Coach Chris Victor, who, who became interim coach when their head coach resigned at the start of the season over the alleged use of a racial slur. So they're led by junior Riley Grigsby, whose father, Al, actually joined the coaching staff this year. Um, and his father actually played as a big man on those Jason Kidd Cal teams yes. there in the early 90s. <laughs> so. Uh, Grigsby was second in the WAC last season in scoring. His point average is down this season, but he's been a little bit inconsistent in a few games. But overall, this team is off to its best start in decades. And Seattle is coming off a 102-point performance on Wednesday against UT Rio Grande Valley. Made a season-high 21 three-pointers in that. Now, it's well above what they normally shoot. But I really like this team defensively, and they are tremendous at home. They're 15-1 and at home. This is a team that is trending up, so we're going to lay the points here with uh, Seattle. Okay, next one, you're going, nice. to tar- you're going to target the total Gardner-Webb and Presbyterian. Yeah, a big south matchup here. Gardner-Webb, who defensively I think should be able to really minimize the scoring of this Presbyterian team who doesn't shoot well from the outside to begin with. Uh, Gardner-Webb, 9-4 and four in conference, and they've won six of their last seven. They're pretty mediocre offensively. But I think uh, with how they have been playing defensively and certainly taking into account pace of play, we're going to look at the under of the 127.5. Nice.
Michael, I expect a full breakdown of Cal Baptist Seattle tomorrow morning. Yeah, I got to get, I got to, where do I watch it? Is it ESPN plus? You can get that. I was watching Sienna play Ryder the other day. So like, I know you can get any game you want. You can get anything you want. And we're going to get Cal Baptist, Seattle lane, the six and a half go under Gardner. I don't even know where Cal Baptist is. Are they in Thousand Oaks? Are they in Thousand Oaks? I'm not even sure where the hell they are. TG, where are, where is Cal Baptist? Uh, what town? I have no idea what town they are. <laughs> he, does, he only knows numbers. <laughs> he doesn't know it. zip codes. Uh, ten and five on the year, by the way, Thomas. Uh, is, are we? Where is our friend just texted me? Where is the confidence level on these two plays? Now we have to give out the both. plays. You got to. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't yeah, give out anyone confidence. confidence. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The answer is Riverside, California for Cal Baptist. Good job, Stephen uh, Bond. Okay. Uh, TG, go, are you still spending your money from the Super Bowl there? What's going on? <laughs> no, it's, uh, um, it's all gone already. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah, the beach house. You put a nice addition on it. Yeah, yeah we, had to, we had to put some new floors in. Okay, well, keep it rolling, TG. That is a college basketball specialist. Again, Cal Baptist, Seattle, lay the six and a half. Go under Gardner-Webb, 127 and a half. Thanks, Thomas Gable. Appreciate you. Thanks, TG. Appreciate you. Thank you. That's the Borgata. He runs the race and sports book there. Coming back with a sharp. That is Wes Reynolds. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM customers score big NBA offers. So here's what it is. Simply place a $25 wager on the game tonight, the All-Star game, excuse me, tomorrow, or any of the festivities tonight, you get 10 bucks free. Just, just opt in on the promotion there at BetMGM.com. Place your bet and enjoy the All-Star game like never before. BetMGM, of course, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Get a piece of all the NBA action all season long. King of Sportsbooks, BetMGM, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Okay, Michael Lombardi, great job, Thomas Gable. We bring in uh, one of the sharpest guys around, that's Wes Reynolds. And we should start here, Michael Lombardi. So Wes is going to be on the second half after Femi and Amal betting across America today. So we appreciate him doing this. But his boy, Joaquin Neiman, over at the Genesis, just set a 36-hole record. What did he shoot, Wes? 126 through two rounds? That's ridiculous. And Wes gave him out on long shots, which is incredible. Good job, Wes. 
Yeah, thank you. We'll see if he can hang on for another two rounds at eight under. He had to shoot eight under today just to stay two ahead of Cameron Young, who shot nine under yesterday. And then you've got Spieth lurking at 11 under par. So we've got a lot of golf to go here. And look, Sam Burns was the leader here last year by five shots after round two, ended up not winning the thing. So uh, we're in good position, but we're not guaranteed to win here. So we got a little ways to go. What what makes this course so adapt uh, easy for these guys to score so well? I know Freddie Couples used to play so well out there at the at, at this at the Riviera when they called it the Riviera. But what what is it about this course that we seem to see all these low scores? Yeah, Michael, it's really interesting because I didn't think we were going to see these kind of low scores because the uh, all-time record here is 20 under par for a tournament. That was Lanny Watkins. I think that was 85 or 86, and this has had some renovations ever since. Tom Fazio is the uh, redesigner here several years ago, but it's more of a strategic course, too. It's not like a, a pitch and pod. It's not no. like a bomb and gouge where you just hit it wherever off the tee and you can get it out of that rough and onto the greens. This is really surprising to see this because you would think, you know, low teens might be the winning score on Sunday when it's all said and done after 72 holes. Yeah. I'm actually very surprised at how easy this course is played, but no win. I agree. It's not an easy course. 126 through 36 is unbelievable. So let's keep it going. Great job, Wes. As we take a look to today, as far as a full slate, 150 plus college basketball games, I want to start in the Big Ten, Illinois, Michigan State. Uh, This number's moved to two and a half. Illinois favored in East Lansing, Wes. Yeah, and and I do kind of lean Illinois here because, uh, look, I respect Tom Izzo a lot, and we always have the, you know, don't go against Tom Izzo in February and March, but if you go back the last five years, he's just slightly under 50% ATS, which really surprised me because sometimes you get a storyline or you get a narrative and it, like, sticks. And it is stuck because Tom Izzo has won a couple national championships and he has had some great March runs. But over the last few years, not so much. So maybe, you know, I don't know if the market has necessarily caught up with that. Michigan State all of a sudden has hit a little bit of a skid here, at least in mid-February. This was Pickham. Now has gone to two. I lean Illinois small money line. Illinois also starting to get healthy. They got Curbelo back. They've had a couple injuries throughout the Big Ten season. But all of a sudden, Brad Underwood's guys got it going. You know, and I think a lot of that, like if you were to ask a college basketball fan, you know, when Calipari's won the last title, people would say, oh, you know, and they don't realize I think it's been over 10 years, right? Am I right with that? I mean, it's been a while. And so there are these perceptions. And the one thing about this game to me is Illinois is what we think Michigan State is, which is a relentless defensive team. And I think that's one of the reasons they have an advantage. You go back to what? 99 for Izzo and his championship, Mateen Cleaves. 99, I believe yeah. it was. Um, okay, the one we've been talking about, 11-20 matchup. This is the game. If I could go to a game, it'd be this one. Uh, Texas yeah. Tech, you Texas. You can't get a ticket. You can't, you you can't, can't get, get a ticket. ticket. It, uh, I cannot wait for this matchup. Texas Tech, Texas. I got opening one with Texas Tech laying it. We're, we've shifted all the way to three and a half with Texas laying it, Wes. 
Yeah, this is one of those ones, fellows, where I like the side, but I don't like the number. And I do like the Texas Longhorns here in the payback spot. Kevin McCuller, by the way, for Texas Tech, doesn't look like he's going to be able to go today. So, uh, you know, look, Mark Adams, he's been having to play shorthanded at times with these guys down in Lubbock. Terrence Shannon's been out for some games. McCuller's missed a couple games. They've had a couple other guys in and out of the lineup. But they've been very good. But what I would do for this game, I think it's all already kind of taxed in the number at three and a half that payback spot for Chris Beard against his uh, former employer Texas Tech so what I think maybe with McCuller being out for Texas Tech I think there's the energy there for the road team early and this atmosphere I'm interested to see what it's going to be compared to what it was down in Lubbock because you remember a few weeks ago when they went in there then people were ready for Chris Beard and the Longhorns they had the nature boy Rick Flair pumping up the crowd <laughs> They had everybody. They pulled out all the stops for Chris Beard to come back, and, and they laid it on the Longhorns. So what I would like to do is attack Texas, but in terms of an endgame scenario, maybe the Red Raiders you know, have some energy early out of the gates on the road and then see if you can get Texas at a better endgame spot. 100%. Bama, Kentucky. This one's fascinating to me as well. Uh, I keep bringing it up. Uh, listen, I understand Bama can't shoot the three. They're right around 30% on the year, but they're not going to shoot 10% from three, which is what they did two weeks ago when Kentucky beat Bama 66-65, Wes. Yeah, I do like Alabama here. I'd like it better uh, at the current at the current number if it was like seven and a half or something like that. But we know that Alabama shot poorly from the three. But also Kentucky in that game did have a healthy Ty Ty Washington. The freshman guard led the team with 15 points down in Tuscaloosa. They tried to give him a go against Tennessee the other night, but he wasn't ready to go, and he might not be ready to go for this one. So, you know, it's a good, if you want to call it revenge spot, you got a high-variance Alabama team who, look, they went out there and beat Gonzaga uh, earlier this year, one of the more impressive performances you'll see, and then they went down to Georgia and lost to a Bulldogs team that had not won an SEC game to that point. So you look at Alabama, they're getting a little bit healthier. They're getting uh, Miles back, who was suspended for that first game a couple weeks ago. Alabama, eventually the shot variance, I think, is going to play their way a little bit. Uh, so I do like the tide here at Kentucky. What about the Tennessee-Arkansas game? What's your mm -hmm. thoughts on that one? I mean, Tennessee, you know, beating Kentucky last week, and then Arkansas kind of has kind of got their game going after they beat Alabama, after they beat Auburn, losing then to uh, losing then to Alabama, and now they're back against uh, beat Missouri, and now here they go against Tennessee playing at home. What's your thoughts? Yeah, Michael, boy, this feels like the spot to go against Tennessee after that home run effort against Kentucky. And if you remember the first time that Tennessee played Kentucky, they gave up 107 points. This is one of the best defense in the country that Rick Barnes has. I think they're like fourth in defensive efficiency. And Kentucky absolutely ran them out of Rupp Arena. So Tennessee got the payback. Now you go to Arkansas, and Arkansas's covered seven straight. And if you follow this Arkansas program, we know what Muss, Eric Musselman, likes to do. He gets a lot of transfers in from other programs. Well, when you get that, it takes time for these guys to gel a little bit. So he finally put Chris Likes, the small point guard, transferred from Miami, Florida, off the bench. 
and he's been kind of a juggernaut for him. He's been kind of the super sub six man Vinnie Johnson type of guy. So that's really worked for their lineup. And if you look at how Arkansas is playing defense in conference play, they're number one in defensive efficiency in SEC games. So they've got a lot of length with the wings, their two guards and their small forwards. They can bother Tennessee on the perimeter. Obviously, Bud Walton Arena is a really good home court advantage in that conference. So I do lean Arkansas here. Under's gotten hit a little bit this morning as well. Okay, West is coming up later, betting across America after Femi and Amal. Amal Shaw early today. He got here a minute before the show. Um, here's the important – Mike's not on. You can't talk, Amal. Here's what we need to ask Wes Reynolds. Yellowstone or Succession? If those two matched up, who'd be the favorite? We haven't talked TV with you in a while. Oh, man. Uh, uh, small favorite Yellowstone for me. Michael Lombardi? Uh, I go Succession, even though I don't like anybody in it. I like <laughs> Beth and Yellowstone. Succession's kind of fascinating. I, though I hate every character in the show, I kind of liked a lot of the characters in Yellowstone. But there's something about Succession that draws me back into it, even though they're all really bad people. One word for Beth and Yellowstone. Naughty. Uh, Beth Wes. would be a hell of a coach. Beth would be yes, she she's would. never going to be happy about anything. I mean, no. she'd be a hell of a coach. And she won't back down either. Wes, no, good no luck chance. at the Genesis. Thanks for the time. I know you got a busy day, buddy. Thank you. you Thanks, bet, Wes. Guys. Thank you. All right, there goes Wes Reynolds. Beth, Beth ain't afraid of confrontation now, Patrick. There's no chance she's afraid of confrontation. Maybe Peterson should sign her up as an OC or something. Some of these new coaches. You know, could use she would. Uh, Mike Mike Leach was. I, I remember a tweet like last year. Mike Leach put out there that you know if he's looking for an assistant, Beth's going to be the first person he interviews. I mean, I can blame him. <laughs> I mean, why not? If I told you coming up next is three hours of Femi and Amal, what would you say? I would say buckle your seatbelt, get ready to go. I mean, I mean, because Amal's going to come heavy. He's not, he's, you know, he's like what Uncle Junior told Tony Soprano. You come heavy or you don't come at all. And he's coming heavy. R.I.P. Femi. <laughs> That's coming up next. Michael, enjoy your day. We'll see you tomorrow here on Thank the Lombardi you. Line. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.